Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, work, and are recording this show. For me, that is the Darug and Gundungurra peoples, and for Holly, it is the Ngunnawal people. Just a reminder that Jenna and I can only speak from our own experience and that we are not representative of the sex industry as a whole, um, which is huge and incredibly diverse, uh, particularly on the topics we're discussing today. Obviously, there are people who are affected in different ways by people who have power over them when it comes to sex work. But we're also just going to tackle some broad strokes that are being made by some really strange institutions. Yeah, so when we were doing our episode just the other day that was about sort of stigma, the uh, somebody you love cannot enter the USA, Holly and I were reminded of this document that was uh, released earlier this year by Austrac, which is the Australian Transaction Reports and Analysis Centre. So that's a lot of words that don't mean mm-hmm. anything. <laughs> Uh, But it's the Australian government agency, I'm taking this from their website, responsible for detecting, deterring and disrupting criminal abuse of the financial system to protect the community from serious and organised crime. Which is a, you know, that's a wholesome endeavour. We like that on principle. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, But they put out this document called Detecting and Stopping Forced Sexual Servitude in Australia Financial Crime Guide. Uh, It will be linked in the show notes. Look, yeah, as as Holly said, like, you know, yes, let's do try to detect and protect people from forced sexual servitude because that's shit. But what really struck us and and every other (laughs) sex worker that came across it was that it pretty much just describes how to detect an escort mm. or a woman or a woman <laughs> or perhaps a somebody who is trans mm. or yeah. um, a you know somebody who identifies as a man who likes to uh, engage in more traditionally feminine activities or whatever um, it's just a mess so we thought we'd just read th- read some of it out mm. to you and go through it yeah I think it's really important to remember that these are the government institutions, which a lot of people just accept the powers that they have. And a lot of people who are particularly those who are really apolitical go, oh, you know, I don't I don't worry about politics. It's all fine. It's all covered. I think those people are becoming more few and far between uh, in the wake of recent um, world events. But um, Mm. you sort of look at this 
big organization and you think they would have done a lot of research. There would be, um, you know, proper studies into this and consultations. And this has got to be standards that they've set because they represent something important and they're, they've really honed in on what they need to get or what they need to identify to find people who are being abused. Uh, but when you have a look at the stuff that we're about to share with you, it's glaringly obvious that this is a really ineffective piece of information mm. they've released and I have no idea where they came up with it. And I, I think we, a lot mm. of sex workers have reached out and said, like, where has this come from? And received as yet no response mm. as to... Yeah, well, I can, I can tell this? you that that not a single sex work organization mm. was consulted, you know, and yeah, this is a federal government department <laughs> um, and Scarlet Alliance is funded by the federal government. Mm. So, you know, there are, they do have resources at their fingers that they can reach out to. Yeah. And there are a couple of moments, if you read through the whole thing, which it's, it's not that long, but if you look through it, there are a couple of little moments where it says things like, oh, by the way, you know, sex work and sex trafficking are different things. And some of these indicators may also be consensual sex work which is lovely but that it just says that like twice in little right. little like um highlighted boxes like mm. oh by the way <laughs> and it's okay so they have mentioned that we should say that sure but, but they haven't really given any anything helpful it's definitely other than that. contradictory with the, the rest of the text that they've released all right. Exactly. So let's uh, let's give you guys a bit of a breakdown for your your listening All right, so. pleasure or distress. So they've got this whole thing where they define what a coordinator of sexual servitude is and what a victim is. They've got language that describes all the people involved. But so one of the dot points is financial indicators displayed by coordinators being those who are the people organizing kind of trafficking rings. That's the language they're using may include the following. Number one, payments to multiple online merchants or classified sites, which can be as high as $10,000 per month. That's a huge amount of money. I mean, okay, let's start with payments to multiple online merchants. What? That is the most vague. Yeah. In terms of classified sites, as high as $10,000 per month seems incredible to me. I can't imagine traffickers being happy to expend that much of their overheads on that. Maybe I'm wrong, I, you know, but that's... Well, I think um, their point is that because they're running multiple different workers. That still seems to me incredible. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's both vague and bizarre. But it also describes absolutely well, anyone that is conducting sex work, for one, mm. but it also describes anyone who's, like, running an online business. Yeah. yeah like, what? You're paying for advertising? That's a flag? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I can't imagine the systems they have set up to catch this sort of data with an track because they must have – it would be semi-automated, right? They're not going to have somebody scrolling yeah. through every track. So, like, how broad is this net? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, regular payments to hotels or short-term accommodation providers that total over $2,000 per month. Now, if I do a tour to Sydney and I stay there for four nights, that's two grand. Mm. So if anyone does has a short holiday for a few days in Sydney, they've flagged this. Like, yeah. What about all of the what? business owners? What about all of the people that travel regularly? I have a friend who owns a chain of nationwide gyms and he travels back and forth to his gyms all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. okay, definitely a, a pimp, yeah. <laughs> 
And, you know, a lot of sex workers aren't going to be working from home for a whole range of reasons, which I think are pretty obvious. Mm. So they are hiring hotels and they are hiring short-term accommodation options Mm. perfectly legitimately. That doesn't mean they're running a fucking trafficking ring. Mm. They, They just need somewhere to work. Yes. Number three is receiving frequent third party ATM cash deposits from multiple locations in Australia, usually amounts of between $200 and $800 per transaction. Just fucking at me next time I was track. Like that is literally my bank account. That's exactly what it looks like. That is constantly. My bank account is receiving third-party ATM cash deposits, usually amounts between $200 and $800. That's that's my business. (laughs) And the reason why that's my business is because the banks and the legislation is not set up to give me any kind of protection for my legal name. So I have to accept ATM cash deposits. And I can't use any online payment merchants because they all shut down my... Like, the fact that what they are pinpointing as criminal behaviour is the only Mm. fucking option I have to run my legitimate business is really upsetting. Uh, Then we've got receiving domestic transfers predominantly from third-party males as payment for sexual services. Payments may range between approximately $100 and $800 per transaction with an average of $250. Again, that's my bank account. Most legitimate sex workers who are consenting and working for themselves not trafficked individuals. And I don't want to um, make assumptions here. I don't want to say anything that's out of line. I don't know um, huge amounts about the trafficked community in Australia. So uh, what I mean by that is I've got the gist of things, but I don't know specific statistics. But my understanding of these situations is that they're usually very cash driven, that they're probably not going to be requesting deposits, particularly not driving people to go to an ATM to make deposits and things like that. So I feel like not only is this overlapping with legitimate consensual sex workers, but it's just missing. There's not even, it's, this is not a Venn diagram. You're not covering both. I think you're missing entirely that group of people. That's what I think this document is not only also capturing mm. proper sex work, it's actually capturing sex work and not sex trafficking. 100%. That's the, yeah. <laughs> that's my problem with it. Mm. It actually is doing the opposite. Yeah. I do worry about saying that trafficking is conducted a lot in cash because that's something we hear all the time about the sex industry and we know that it's not true because it's just really difficult for that to happen. So I don't – given we don't have the experience, I don't know sure. if, it, like if I that's said, true. I, yeah, I definitely don't want to speak as any sort of authority on it. But what I've, what I've read on these sort of situations in the paper and when people have been going to court, there have been a few groups that have been caught in Canberra at different times and they've locked the um, – God, we're going to need a trigger warning for this because it's, it's very sad. But, you know, they've locked the, the, the women – um, on site in like a compound basically and they accept very low amounts of money for these bookings and um, and my understanding is it's mostly cash mm. it's it's primarily cash driven I'd just yeah. be worried about us taking what's written in the paper about those situations given we see what's written in the paper well, that's so true. about our situations and given we have known people who have been arrested on trafficking offenses yeah no fair. who have been sex workers yeah so I, yeah. you could be right but yep. I just figure surely we can afford them the same discernment of the yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so then we move on to this one. This is where it gets fun. We move on to payment patterns that indicate the running of an illegal sex work business include number one, luxury spending habits and gambling activity. Luxury spending is, again, such a non-specific thing. How do you determine luxury spending? So non-specific. Mm. And I, I just, again, like the people that are luxury spending, like the, the, the sex workers who are buying Louboutins are not the sex workers who are being trafficked. But maybe the coordinators are. Is that what they're saying? Like, or maybe they're saying like the luxury spending is, is, is yeah, the coordinators just splashing cash. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I'm trying again, to clutch a straw. Uh, so you're thinking like, yeah, what? What, what yeah. are they? Where are they getting these ideas? Like, I just, yeah, don't know. Mm, yeah, it's sort of judging people for poor financial management. No, yeah, it like is. just because you overspend, that doesn't mean that you're a criminal. Purchases that are inconsistent with the customer profile, such as clothing, makeup, beauty products and services, and lingerie. So here's where. <laughs> I mean, we can assume that what they're saying is that the customer profile for the financial institution is of a male Mm. and they are flagging when a man is buying clothing, makeup, beauty products and services and lingerie. And I don't think we need to explain why that's a fucking problem. Next on the list is regular domestic transfers from the same third party, which to me instantly makes me think of a sugar baby situation or, you know, somebody who's very low low volume and only seeing a handful of regulars, uh, which again, they are quite privileged positions to be in. Then there's also regular domestic transfers predominantly to third party females likely to be workers potentially providing sexual services. So that to me sounds like a client, (laughs) like a regular client of sex workers who, again, clients are not trafficking us, Mm. even though the Swerfs would love you to believe that. The fact that that says likely to be workers potentially providing sexual services, that's a legitimate thing. That feels so weird to say likely. No, it doesn't say likely people in servitude. It says likely workers providing sex. The fact that that's flagged, so that sex workers receiving payments is a point, is wild. Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's concerning that they're paying Mm. for the people Mm. who are providing services Mm. for payment. What? As a perfectly legal job. How dare, how very dare. Next one, high volumes of payments to rideshare companies. They define high volume as in excess of 15 transactions per month, which when I'm on tour, again, I keep talking about when I'm on tour because when I'm at home, things are different. I'm not in a city. But when I'm on tour, I don't have my car with me, right? And I would easily do, if I do two or three tours in a month, I'd easily do 15 rideshare transactions because that's how I get to and from bookings. And if you happen to live in bloody Victoria where the laws are bullshit and you can't work from home, then you're going to be travelling from hotel to hotel. That How else are you supposed to do that? Not to mention all of the people that use rideshare companies that have nothing to do with sex or sex work. <laughs> like, What? People who don't have cars in the city, that's really co- – like, what are you talking about? 15 a month is not that many. That's like going somewhere and back every second day in the month. No, somewhere and no, back not every even fourth that. day. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's like seven days of going to work and back. The next one is frequent payments for prepaid mobile phone top-ups. These payments can range from daily payments to a few payments a week. 
So this is really classist, in my opinion. In the, on the one hand, it's sort of saying people who are unable to pay for their their phone on a plan or, you know, significantly in advance, people that get some money and then put it straight on their phone, that that is suspicious. But at the same time, I'm not somebody who lives that way and I have a prepaid phone for work and I top it up multiple times a month. So I'm not I'm not sure what is suspicious about that. My husband does the same thing. I don't I don't know I, I don't understand what's suspicious about topping up my fucking prepaid phone. This one's incredibly concerning to me. Regular and large <laughs> food or takeaway transactions indicative of provisions for multiple people. I mean what the fuck? That is fat phobia. I'm sorry. Straight up fat phobia. Cancelled. <laughs> Like, I love me some food, love me some takeaway food, and don't judge me for how much I get. Leave me alone. Yeah, fuck off. Right? Uh, Can you imagine how many people that must cover? How many people? Or, okay, somebody's ordering. Shit, okay, they've got... Okay, they've got 15 Uber trips this month. They've bought four lots of, um, you know, pizza and Thai food. This is all – and uh, oh, they've received a few pa- – nah, a few payments from some, someone else. No, nah, we're cancelled. Definitely whores. <laughs> De- not trafficked. Not even whores. No, not trafficked. whores. Trafficked. No. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like, if you know, even – Individually, these are fairly innocuous, and I know what the you know, Oztrack would, you know, okay, you've got to factor them all in together. But even if you factor yeah, a lot of these sure. things in together, it's just That's a it. normal cross section of the community. Yeah. Bizarre. I mean, this sounds like somebody who lives a pretty full life, is quite social, yeah. maybe hosts parties or, mm. you know, people over at their place, mm. likes to splash out with their cash occasionally. Like, what? It sounds like a normal person, even putting every single thing on that list mm. together, that just sounds like a person who, you know, enjoys their life and does shit. <laughs> the next uh, list of dot points is payment references that indicate the provision of sexual services may include sexual services or sexually suggestive commentary referenced in the payment details. No one is doing that. Literally no one is doing that. Mm. Civilians are sometimes like, doing that. Like I know that people do it as a joke to each other. They get, as jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sex and, and things like that yeah. um, because it's yep. funny. <laughs> like It's amusing. It, yep. it is. And I, but, my clients send me payment descriptions with a range of, I mean, it could be anything. It could be an in-joke. It could be an emoji. It could be for yep. sex as a laugh. Whatever, I don't care because that's what I've, just to clarify, I've established that's okay with me. A lot of workers will prefer that you don't because it's, you know, a little bit, (laughs) it's it's not a fun time with banks when you have that sort of stuff. But, yeah, there are heaps of people who put all sorts of, like what do you think the people who are running a trafficking ring who are, you know, highly organised criminals or maybe not even highly organised but who are trying to conceal something are going to be like, yes, yes, transfer the money and put sex slave as the caption. That's the, Put know. gobbies. Yeah. That's <laughs> makes no sense. They're obviously not doing that. That's what I – yeah, exactly. If somebody has written for blowies – that is definitely not for blowies. No one that's written that is actually paying for a blowjob. Like that's a joke thing. And I like the amount of stuff like I've had because I, I just ask clients to put their name or phone number just so I can match it up to the client. The amount of time – they never listen to my instructions. No, they do sometimes. But a lot of them don't listen to my instructions. And I always – I'm getting – I get bills. I get 
rent. Mm. I get admin. Like I, everyone just puts down some or fun. I get fun mm. a lot, which just I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to be fun now. <laughs> oh, God, but that's um, <laughs> so pedantic. <laughs> I am. You know, I am oh, You wrote fun, um, now you fucked well, it. <laughs> well, if I've said, hey, please yeah. include your name or phone number, and instead they wrote fun, yeah. then yeah, no, it's not going to be fun. Sorry, yeah. those are the facts. I agree. But back to the topic at hand. <laughs> nobody in 10 years of doing this, nobody has ever written sex or sexually suggestive commentary. I had, um, I had one which gave oh, me yeah. the giggles hard because he transferred the amount and, and – you know, it was like for sex and it was just so specific. Like I was like, well, I guess it is, babe. But maybe like every other of the hundreds of deposits I've ever received, just, you know. But anyway, that was just very cute. I think he was not like, you know, not the smartest young fella in the yeah. world. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a thing. That's not a thing. Okay, Austrack, just hot tip. And then the next uh, thing for payment references is payment references for the transactions may include female or male names. Again, how the fuck am I supposed to know which client it is that's paying me? Like a lot of us have nominal fees for deposits where people might ask for 50, 100, 150. Um, So like when I announce a tour, I get a lot of bookings all at once and I've got a lot of people sending me 100 or 150 bucks. So I need to know which one's which, which is why I ask them to put their phone number or their name. Mm. So that's how – like That's what? how a business how is runs. that criminal? As does my That's, eyebrow yep. technician, as do, as do many businesses yeah. that take payments, yeah. would like you to use yeah. a reference. That's yeah. yeah. Whenever I am paying an invoice, I put my surname and the invoice number mm. so that it's easy for them to match up with their accounting records. I think that's pretty normal. They've also got receiving multiple domestic transfers from one person with payment descriptions of bills, rent, and house money. Well, you're fucked, Jenna. Um, <laughs> if, if your clients are putting bills and rent when you've told them what yeah, to put. <laughs> but Because also from their perspective, mm. they don't want their accountants seeing stuff on yeah. that, you know, so sure, they, sure, sure, they just sure. categorize it as really bland yeah. shit that no one's going to look at. And it says receiving yeah. multiple domestic transfers from one person with payment descriptions of bills, rent, and house money. Well, what about so your house? Someone's mate? paying the how rent. You, yeah. <laughs> how does a housemate get tangled into this? Like, fuck. Yeah. Well, that's probably a brothel. Oh, yeah, you can't have two people live together because that means Mm -mm. brothel. I'm going to be watching my neighbours. No, there's sex on the premises. No, no. keep an eye on my neighbours now. So uh, spending habits linked to victims may include frequent or large adult store purchases. Holly, have you ever made frequent or large adult store purchases? No comment. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, I I haven't. Oh, well, well, I would say they're large because I wouldn't say it's always adult stores. I'd say, like, I go and get my bulk condoms and lube and stuff. I do that at, at the at Swap. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I, you know, that would be a larger purchase than a civilian would make, I suppose. And then I like to get mm. a few sex toys. But, yeah, definitely nothing exorbitant. This just screams the, this idea that victims of sex trafficking are just going out and buying boxes of dildos and mm. giant fisting tools. Like I, I, I'm just I, – I don't, I don't understand how anybody who works in the sex industry or is being trafficked in the sex area is 
making large adult store purchases. Like, I don't... Sure, yes, bulk condoms, that's one thing. It does seem unnecessary, incredibly unnecessary. Like, I think the people who are most likely to be making frequent and large, or sorry, or large adult store purchases are probably civilian people or some sex workers, but people who are just having... Kingsters. Yeah, exactly. A lot of sex themselves. It's not... The people who are selling sex or who are being abused in the slave trade are probably not going to be stocking up on, yeah, lots of, um, like an excessive amount of of things we just don't i don't know we don't use that that much in the industry like it just seems like they're going oh adult shops yeah that's yeah definitely sex stuff and i'm like "Mm, it's not really yeah yeah i mean if oztrack saw my boyfriend's box from the adult store they'd have him in handcuffs he'd love that well they'd try to (laughs) true and then again, a high volume of purchases from clothing, makeup, beauty, and lingerie retailers. Yeah, you're fucked, Jenna. Which, you're fucked. I am fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wild. I mean, I buy all of my clothes from from Kmart, and all of my makeup is the absolute cheapest makeup that ever exists. Which is why I always look so hot. Like, guys, settle down. I know, but there are a lot of people of all genders who really like to get themselves nice clothes and makeup and things. It's such a, again, a vague thing. I don't know what sort of systems they've got up to screen people's accounts for these, but if they're going, fuck, lots of Ubers, lots of makeup, a lot of food, it just seems so (laughs) arbitrary. What? Yeah. Then then what? They're sort of just targeting people who are slaves to marketing like Sla- people yeah. that are sucked Cons- in by yes, consumers. consumers yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think which yeah. guilty <laughs> it's obviously going to these these parameters are going to catch a lot of people in them who are not trafficked or who are not sex slaves or anything like that but what's really upsetting for us is that it just catches so many sex workers in the crossfire and makes our lives even more difficult and creates more discrimination against us and so these sorts of things while they're sort of funny to laugh at and to mock and to point Mm. out how they cover so much of the community it's also important to recognize that all the things that we've just sort of read out really target a marginalized group of people who are doing things legitimately and who are doing things of their own accord they're not being abused so it just makes our lives harder and and this is really fucked up and considering the extreme level of financial discrimination we face for the government to put out a document telling financial institutions here's what to look out for please report these people to us Mm. i mean we're, we're already really struggling to fucking hold bank accounts and to accept payments yeah really not helpful the last little thing that i thought was wild was victims may also claim the following occupations on official documentation. Mm. Cleaner, student, beautician, hospitality, social work, home duties, and unemployed. Apart from unemployed, those other, what are they, six things all describe like half the sex workers I know. Like a lot of sex workers are also students. Mm. A lot are also beauty therapists. A lot also work in hospitality. A lot are studying social work or working in social – like they're quite mm. – they go hand in hand, a lot of those industries. Yeah. So, yeah, they may also be that. And for, like the fact that, 
Again, it's using the stigma against us. The fact they're saying they may not write down that they're doing sex work. They might write down that they're doing something else. And it's like, why do you fucking think they might have a cover job? Because of this kind of bullshit. Like this is the reason why people have a cover job or they have two jobs and they only properly declare one of them. Like that's why. (sighs) Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. For shit people say this week, I've got some more goods. I feel like shit people say is almost always me, Jenna. So sorry about that, but that is because I engage Mm. and I don't block people. So I know I bring it on myself. Okay, so this is a, a three, fourfold situation. I got a private message from somebody. I don't know who they were. Their account was pretty anonymous. And the message said, Hi, Jenna. I must say I've been following you for a while and now only decided to send you a message after reading your comment about putting on weight. I'd put up a comment that was like, Hi, I've put on weight. I'm aware. No need to acknowledge it because I kept getting comments from people being like, Hey, you got fat. <laughs> And um, I just was like, wow, aren't you observant? Excellent skill at having eyes. So I just, I made a post that was like, hello, welcome. Have put on weight over the past two years. It's been a really shit time. Mm. And so this person sent me that message and then said, well, I must say, fuck anyone who says anything unless they say it to your face. The irony of that being said from an anonymous account (laughs) and sent to me in a DM is not lost on me. Um. He then went on to say, I have to confess, I've seen you at Coles at, insert my local suburb, on several occasions, and I personally feel you're hot. Anyway, enough of my opinions. You just keep up the great work, darling. I'm just fuming. Like, there's nothing. The rage within me is seething so much that I can't articulate any of it. (laughs) I... Uh, we, we tell everyone time and time again, don't fucking pop up in our DMs to just send us something. Like I know that people mean well and I know they want to say nice things to us, but just don't. I, I <laughs> Say something nice on a picture. Give us the engagement. Give us the, you know, don't send me a fucking message just to tell me, oh, I think you're pretty. Like that's that's just creating work for me. Um, I hope. If you're listening, you don't think, wow, what a ungrateful bitch. But if you do, ugh, can't can't help you. Um, but that's annoying to begin with. And then the, the subtext behind so much of this. I mean, then we go into the fact that this is bullshit, that he's he been watching you when you're at the shops and that he mentions On it. several occasions. On several <gasps> occasions. Um, that, you know, he says, oh, 
Fuck anyone who says anything unless they say it to your face. So what? Someone's meant to come up and go, oh, hey, you're a bit fat. Like, is yeah. that, oh, that's okay then. Like, that to I me is strange. Yeah, don't do that. And then, um, and then this thing about you wrote a comment about putting on weight. Well, I, I personally feel you're hot. Well, you never said you weren't hot. No. Like, this is the nope. thing. Um, I posted a year ago or so, you know, that I'd put on a little bit of weight and I pointed out I'm, I'm still hot. Like there's no issue here with me not thinking that I'm an attractive person, but I just want to mm-hmm. point out basically that I've put on a little bit of weight. I'm aware of it and, mm-hmm. you know, just, just get it out there. Sometimes it's just nice to just say, Hey, you know, yeah. I'm a little bit chunkier Especially right because now. Because we get a lot of comments, comments. on the internet yes. from men telling us we're fat because it's yes. men's favourite insult for women. <laughs> so it's nice to just own that and put it out there and say, hello, I have fat, yeah. deal with uh, it. Uh, exactly. And um, and I don't need you to tell me that I'm that I'm hot. Like that's really no. frustrating that, that this is what he thought you needed mm. or that he thought the words of an entire stranger who basically then said he'd been watching you you know, that that was a constructive activity. That's so, the whole thing, there are so many levels of frustration to yeah. this message. Yeah, it really, it's really enraging to me. And the, the worst part of it is that it's an anonymous account. If it was a client that you'd seen before and maybe oh, different said, story. Oh, blah, 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 or if it was an account you'd, I don't know, but some faceless, nameless account being like, oh, I've been watching you and I think you, and I personally think you're hot. The subtext behind even that is like, well, other people might not think it, but I do. And Mm. it's like, what? (sighs) Anyway, okay, so sorry, I've hijacked your shit people say with a rant there because this to me is just one of the most frustrating things you can do. This is why I've said no DMs, fuck off. (laughs) Can't Mm, handle people sending me nonsense anymore anyway please proceed sorry so i happened to to be sitting with my husband outside coles at the moment i read that message outside that coles that this person had specified and so i obviously showed it to my husband and both of us felt sick like it it just Mm -hmm. it's not a nice feeling um and i know for my husband in particular like i get really protective over him because i've put myself out there and that's one thing and that does not mean that i'm asking for my privacy to be invaded but he hasn't and we know that whenever somebody sees us in public and recognises me, then they're looking at him and going, oh, so that's Mr. Love. Oh, mm. I could I could do better than him or, or whatever. Like, you know, they're just having thoughts. And he is an introvert. He's a shy person. He is not like me and he hasn't fucking asked for that. And that makes me – that makes him uncomfortable and it makes me – like I, I really fucking hate that. Uh, anyway, so I screenshotted this cut out any identifying information um, and posted it on my second account, which I had blocked this person from. So hoping that they wouldn't see it because I didn't want them to feel crap. I understand that they were, they thought they were doing a nice thing, but they weren't. I shared it on my account and said, you know, PSA, don't be this guy. Don't be the guy that makes women afraid to leave their house. And I know that that sounds extreme, but that is what it does to you. Every time I've received, I received one of these messages a month maybe. And every time I, it's hard for me the next few days to leave my house. Both of my local grocery stores, I've had multiple messages from. 
And every time I do my grocery shopping, I feel like I'm being watched. Uh. I feel like men are appraising me to decide whether they think I'm hot. Because the other thing is every single time I've received one of these messages, they've mentioned that they find me sexually attractive. Every single time. It's one thing, like you mentioned last week on the show, Holly, I think it was. Yes. You said a client saw you and you were asking about Coke Zero. Coke That's Zero. amusing. He, he didn't say to me, oh, by the way, you looked really sexy or, you or anything hot. like that. Or you, you didn't, oh. you know, yeah, yeah. I think I said something like, oh, God, I hope, you, you know, I didn't look like a dag or something. I don't know. Maybe I said something like that. And I'm, I don't remember it now, but he probably wrote back and said, yeah, you looked lovely. Yeah. Or, you know, who knows? Yeah, That's, sure. The normal conversation, but not, I was watching you and I liked your butt in those pants or something. Don't, don't. No. And I think a lot of this comes down to, and we'll go on to see, I I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of men really think that women want to be complimented on their appearance by strangers. And I'm here to fucking tell you that we do not. Like no, I'm, I don't. I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. Point blank, we do not being complimented by somebody that we're going on a date with, or that we're spending time with, or that we know who says, "Wow, you look really beautiful today," or, or "That dress is gorgeous on you." Love it. I'm all here for it. But a complete stranger, particularly one who is hiding behind an anonymous account, and I don't even know that we that we had an interaction that I didn't even know about, telling me that I that he looked at me and thought that would be nice to have sex with makes my fucking skin crawl. (laughs) And I don't care that I'm a sex worker. I don't care that I'm somebody who has sex with a whole lot of people. I'm a proud slut and a proud whore. That doesn't Mm. mean that I want somebody looking at my body going, yeah, I'd like to have sex with her, and then telling me. I don't care what you think. Don't fucking tell me that. It makes me feel disgusting. There's a massive difference between on-duty Jenna and off-duty Jenna. And when you have your pictures on your Twitter profile and, like I said, people give the engagement, they have a chat and they say, wow, I love your hair or that makeup looks killer or shit, you got some mad tits, girl. Fine. but No worries. When you're doing your grocery shopping or going about your life and people are making assessments on whether they want to have sex with you when you're just – in your trackies, down at, or knowing you in a in a high necked um, top, <laughs> covering up every inch of skin, but minding your own business, it's just deeply unsettling. Well, that is the other thing. I dress quite conservatively when mm. I'm not on duty, and yeah. there's a reason for that. You know, actually, just yeah. the other day, oh god, this is turning into a big thing. Just the other day, I got catcalled, and a, a, this guy was walking behind me, and he came up like next to me and said oh, you're so fine, and I was wearing gumboots and baggy overalls, and I just wanted to be like, could I possibly be wearing an outfit that says less of I do not want male attention? Like I, you know, I tried to wear the lesbian uniform and it still fucking happened. So this has gone on so much longer than I wanted it to. I could talk about this shit all fucking day. And I need to be Mm. clear. I understand that sometimes we look at people and we think about having sex with them. I get that. It's the fact that you think that telling us would be a positive experience for us because it really, it just makes you so self-conscious and you just, you suddenly realize that everybody is looking at you and weighing up your sex appeal. And that is, and I don't know who told you women want to hear it, but we fucking don't. 
I think there's also a big difference between, and this could be controversial, but I think there's a big difference between complimenting a stranger in public and sort of saying, oh, like I'm a big, I'm a bit of a weirdo, as you know, and I go up to people sometimes and I'll be like, oh my God, I love your dress. Or, you know, I I saw this um, ambulance officer guy once and I walked up and I was like, you are like literally the hottest person I've seen in my life. And he was like, obviously super embarrassed, but chuffed. And I was like, okay, have a great day. Bye. Um, Look, that's, that's one thing. And it can be sort of awkward and that. That's, um, but you know, I get the intention is kind, but it's a very different thing when somebody has a public profile like you do, or has like a, a thing where you're sort of accessible and you have a lot about your life and you have all these pictures of you and, and, and stuff that's sort of, you know, out there. And then somebody anonymously contacts you and says, they've seen you in public. Mm. That's really invasive it'd be different if you were say quote unquote a nobody or just somebody just said it in less of a a yucky way than oh you're so fine Um, but that's that's one thing but it's very different to drop into someone's dms not announce who you are and just say like can you i think i'm sure our listeners could relate if you have a facebook profile or if you have an instagram or whatever you have as your social media and some anonymous account sent you a message on one of those social medias and said hey i saw you today at this shop you looked really good it's fucking cooked yeah and i'm the same as you holly i love i think compliments are are fantastic Mm. and if i'm you know somebody's serving me and says oh i love your dress or um you've got great hair oh Gives me a spring in my step. And I do it to mm. other people all the time. And I'm often encouraging. My friends will say, oh, that person looks great with that. And I've gone, just go tell them, you know. Mm. And that's fine if we're already having an interaction and you just, you know, have a smile and or whatever. But I just think, oh. Yeah. And, and look, I don't want to – this isn't purely a gendered thing, but you've got to take into consideration that if you are a man approaching a woman, there's a lot of shit going on there. Like, I think that you have to take that into consideration. Uh, So anyway, me posting that really triggered a few men. (laughs) Most of them, all of our listeners and all my clients commented being like, what a fucking idiot. But a few men were upset. This one said, so being it's anonymous, does it really define that it's a man? Couldn't have this just been interpreted as a creepy woman? Or are we just gender bashing? Now, the... The person's handle was very clear. It was a very male. It had a name in the handle, but I cropped that out for their sake. So I know that it was a man. And I just thought this person being like, um, are we gender bashing? I was like, oh, honey, calm down. That's not what this is about. (laughs) Then I got Jenna, longtime follower, first time speaker. Okay, great. Dude's trying to compliment you. Don't sweat it. We all fuck up. And I said, like I said, yeah, that's cool. I know that we all fuck up, but I also know we can all do better. And that's why I've posted this. I didn't go off at that person. I Mm. anonymously shared it and said, don't do this. It makes us feel scared and, and, um, and yuck. And I said, you know, rather than invalidating how I feel, perhaps consider that our lived experiences are different. This person said, I don't see the problem. I get what all of you are saying. Cause obviously there's a lot of sex workers sharing their similar experiences. Mm. You all make solid points, but it's hard to avoid seeing people you know at locations. It's practically inevitable. Seen a sex worker at Walmart, but didn't say nothing because there was no reason to. Learn to take a compliment. So the first part of that, absolutely fine. Yes, none of us said that you should avoid 
coming into contact with us in public, that's absolutely fine. It's going to happen. And he said he saw a sex worker at Walmart and he didn't say anything because there was no reason to. That's what we're saying. Just don't fucking tell us. It's fine. Just don't send us a creepy message. But then, of course, he ends with learn to take a compliment. And I again, I got to tell you that knowing that a strange anonymous man personally finds my body hot is not a compliment. I'm sorry, but it's not. Knowing that somebody thinks that I'm <laughs> smart or that somebody loves the work that I do or, or whatever, that might be a compliment. Knowing that someone... Some person in the world thinks that I'm hot, not a compliment. And then we had Lameo, the way you gals interpret this stuff is so opposite to the person's intention. And I said, look, just because you're not intending to make someone feel uncomfortable doesn't mean that you're not. And I, and that again, I, I didn't put this person on blast because I know that they thought they were doing a nice thing. But my point was I'm trying to show people that that's not the impact it has. And this guy came back and said, so are you acknowledging that he didn't intend to make you feel uncomfortable but still choosing to feel uncomfortable? Which is like, yes, we all choose to have feelings. We sit down in every interaction and we just decide how it's going to make us feel. (sighs) Now, I've ranted and raved and I really wanted to add in a little sub-section, a sub-segment called Awesome Shit People Say, which would be about great like feedback and allyship that we've kind of encountered. And the other night I was at the pub with a friend of mine. I'm going to call her Mary. She is a listener of the show and she will probably know just from that code name who she is. And she was telling me, so she works in a hospital. She works in medicine and I know, and you and I know from a lot of the sex workers we know who also work as nurses or in medicine that there is a lot of whorephobia in that area. And she said that somebody had come in who, for some reason, it seemed like they must have been a sex worker. And one of her fellow staff members said, you know, use the P word. And my friend Mary said, oh, actually, the preferred term is sex worker, which even just, like that's such a little thing, but it, fuck me, let me tell you, it means so much to us. And then the staff were all talking about how they were going, oh, that's really sad, isn't it? Oh, it's so sad. And she turned around and said, actually, I've got a friend who's a sex worker and they have like the best job satisfaction I've ever seen. They are someone who's really happy and, and I, you know, I think they really love their work and it's not necessarily a sad thing. And I nearly cried when she told me that. Like I just thought that's what we're asking people to do. That's it. Just have those little conversations and just like the difference. I don't know if she understands what a difference she's made and how that made me feel. So thanks, Mary. Wink, wink. (laughs) Our misconception this week is that sex work is easy work and it's the lazy option. This is a um, a pretty default argument by a lot of people who just mm. hate sex workers or hate uh, hate sex. <laughs> Look, there are definitely easy components to the job, but there are more not easy components. I think people forget that the whole scope of this is running an independent business um, for a lot of independent sex workers or even for those who work in brothels. It's still running a business and you still need to self-manage and you still need to you know, take care of, of 
of the business side of things and more these days with social media because a lot of the brothels now are getting their workers online, creating profiles and, and driving, mm-hmm. uh, driving yep. business. So that's, I mean, in itself, there's, there's a multitude yep. of, um, of business elements that are involved in sex work. The stigma, the, the danger that sometimes sex workers can face is, is not easy. That's incredibly um, confronting. You know, psychologically, it's a, it's a really intense job. I find I can only do X amount of bookings, not because I can't take any more dicks or not because <laughs> of yeah. any other lack of anything, but because my brain is exhausted because I get mm-hmm. really worn out from the amount of deep social um, interaction that I have and engagement. It, it's tiring. Um, the, the physical component can be tiring. Doing any sort of physical job or job where there's a certain amount of physical activity or, or uh What's even the word? It's, I wouldn't even say physical activity, but using your body in one way or another can be draining. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't need to list off every single thing that, that is challenging in the job, but there there is a lot that means that it's not easy. I don't wake up, answer a phone call and then go and lie on my back. Uh, there's, there's a lot more to it. And I'm sure a lot of our clients and um, and allies know that, hmm. that, that, yeah, we work bloody hard and it's uh, it's not the the easy option at all mm. um we're certainly grateful and particularly you and i we're very privileged and and sometimes we have easier bookings or we have um easy days and things like that um which i think you'd expect in any job i don't imagine that there is any job where you would go well i want every day to be incredibly hard i i think you know uh, short of being like a brain surgeon or, or an astronaut or something really intense like that. I think most jobs you expect to have a day or two where things are a little less fucking, you know, demanding. Um, so yeah, but, but generally I'd say it's a, it's a pretty balanced job in terms of, well, I mean, it is what you make of it, isn't it? Yeah, of course. But that my response to that is always, okay, do the job for one week. Literally go and be a sex worker for a week and earn enough in that week that you can survive on that as a wage and then come back and tell me it's an easy job. Mm-hmm. And they will always say, oh, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, why? Because it's not that it's easy. So like, easy. Is that, it's so easy though. It's lazy. Why not? Mm. And they go, oh, no, I like to work for my money or some shit. And I go, okay, well, fine. But you're not like it's really easy. So why shouldn't everyone should just do it? Why not? What's the problem? And then clearly there's something about it that's not easy, right? Because there's something that's preventing them from doing it. And then the flip side of that is if that is the case, and sure, there are probably some workers for whom it is quite easy. And as you said, there are some weeks when it is an easy job. And I know for me, it affords me a lot of time off and flexibility with my time. And that I think could you know if i wanted to sleep during all my time off i could do that but so what why does that why is that a like i have a friend who works for the railways and 90% of his job is sitting at a computer he watches youtube videos all day because mm. he's got a he's one of those jobs where they've got to be there but yeah. they just have to kill time until they're needed yeah. at some point yeah. And nobody's commenting, being like, oh, the people that work for City Rail, that's easy work. You're taking a lazy – why? What? Mm, Yeah. No one says that, do they? And that fucking is easy work. Sorry, but it is. 
Yeah, it's boring, but it's easy. Yeah, I um, yeah. Most security guards that I know that work in public service buildings here mm-hmm. in Canberra, you know, we've got so many public service departments and often there's a security guard who works at the desk and all of them I know bring in laptops or bring in content to sit and just watch. I know security guards who do the night watch at a lot of places. There's literally mm-hmm. nothing to do. Yeah. yeah, there are heaps of jobs where it's easy, but... Yeah, they don't. They don't uh, want to pick on those. Um, you know, no. they just they want a slut shame, and that's the goal. And in all of those, there's a reason. There's always something that's not easy about it. That's what I think. So those security guards, the majority of the time, they're not doing much. But if something goes wrong, they've got to be on it, and they might be, you know, in danger. And that's yeah. why, like, there's always something. It's the same with my friend who works for the trains. Like he's got mm. super train knowledge or whatever. He's got to go <laughs> fix shit. So. I don't yeah. know. I'm not yeah. trying to be – I'm not trying to downplay his work. I couldn't do it, but mm. it l- looks easy from the outside. Sure. But I don't have the skill for that 10% of his time that he needs to have. And it's also just always that thing of they say – like it, it goes hand in hand with the we're all victims, no one would choose to do the job, and then you're just doing it because it's easy and you're lazy. And you're like, so are we all victims and we wouldn't choose it or we're doing it because it's easy which mm. one of those is it? Because the two cannot exist together. Okay, our question of the week. I am going to put a, uh, a trigger warning on this. This question talks about eating disorders and in a reasonably kind of, I think, I think fairly graphic way. So if that is a potential trigger for you, this is our last segment. So maybe just switch off now. Our questioner has questioned... Bit of a moral question. Imagine you're looking at one of the large campsites when you come across a woman who clearly has anorexia. I'm talking skeletal could die overnight. What do you do? Viewers are telling her how great she looks and you can't just talk someone out of the disease. Do you report her to the site to try to help her duty of care or leave her be to earn a little money? I've got a lot of problems with this question. Oh, I know. (laughs) The short answer is you leave her fucking be. I don't know where this person has got the sense that they have a duty of care for this complete stranger. I I don't know where that's – you do not. You do not have a duty of care for that person. She has friends. She has family. She may have nurses. She may be getting treatment. You don't know. And those people may have a duty of care for her, but you absolutely do not. And it is so – Honest, like, I know this person's trying to do the right thing again, but it makes me feel kind of gross that you feel that way about her, to be honest. I feel the same. Not to mention, you cannot tell if somebody has an eating disorder by looking at them. I'm sorry, <laughs> it is as simple as that. You cannot tell. Yeah, I think, look, the straight answer is just yeah, leave her alone. The slightly broader answer is... For starters, it's not your place to make assessments on people's bodies. I mean, I know you sometimes look at people who have one type of body or another type of body and you automatically make an assessment or a judgment or your brain puts a label on it. And I understand that that's a societal thing and and a brain pattern seeking thing. It's a, you know, a psychological phenomenon. That's, that's, that's whatever. But for you then to decide that that means that she's got X or Y or Z and that she needs help and that you've got like taken this down a path that's none of your business. If you see somebody that you don't know with any sort of body thing 
you know, whether it be a size or a disability or a, I don't think the word disfigurement is politically correct, is it? But it, whatever it is, it's none of your business, basically. You, it's not up to you. You see a person who looks different to you and you move on. It's not your place. That that's um, I think that's really important here to, to clarify that you might mean well, you might have concern for that stranger, but it's not your business. And that's the bottom line. There are a number number of people, you know, who are who are really big on um, YouTube and things like that, who have really spoken about their their severe eating disorders, and, and they've mentioned that people mentioning it um, or saying they need help or trying to do something mm-hmm. actually feeds into it, and, and is satisfying yeah. for them. So that only makes it worse. Um, or you know, I don't think it, it doesn't help. Like like Jenna said we hope or you imagine that that person would have their own networks to to deal with things you don't know if they are in treatment you don't know anything you don't know if it is anorexia you don't know if they have other um, health issues that mean that they have been struggling with gaining weight they're taking some medication for some other thing that they've just been through I don't know cancer treatment you don't know what anyone's body is doing and it's one not your place to judge and two not your place to intervene and I'm trying not to get upset because Holly knows that this is a subject that's really close to my heart. If this person does have serious anorexia, your suggestion to help is to take away one of the only ways she can earn an income. How is that helping her? Do you have any idea the cost involved with treating mental illness and eating disorders? Because taking away her fucking income, I guarantee you is not going to help. It is. There are not many jobs that people who are really strongly affected by anorexia and a whole range of other illnesses that they can do, right? People who are in that uh, at that at that real crisis level, they can't get up and do a nine to five. I'm telling you for a fact, they cannot. So to say, I'm going to report her to this site. Why? Why would that be your response? That's awful. I don't. I know that this is coming from a place of wanting to do good, but I don't know why you would want to do that in order to try and do good because it's not going to help. Well, that ended on a bummer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, I, you know, I am denied about whether we'd actually read this question on the show because it did mm. upset me to read, but I think it's important. And it fe- it's, it's, that, it's, again, another sex work victim narrative, you know. It's, yeah. again, someone looking at a sex worker and thinking they need rescuing. Whatever the reason is, we don't. Not by some stranger on the internet, anyway. Thank you to our incredibly sexy, erotic, helpful, (laughs) horny patrons. Our new generous somebody is one of my favourite people in the world, Luca. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew. Oh, and sorry, just, you know. All of my patrons, all of the patrons are my favourites. You're all, I adore you all. I was just really excited to see Luca pop up this week. It's fun when a new one pops up, yeah. Especially someone that you go, yay, I love that person. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, continuing. Our even more generous somebodies are Timmy, Andrew, Adam Smith, Lachlan, Sub London, Miss Billy, Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer. Margaret, Wheezy. Ellen, Liam, Fritzia Tits, Catherine, Mr. E, Scott C, Simon, Skippy, FN, Greeny, 
Ophelia Parker and Aaron, and our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, Amanda Valentina, Sienna Saint, Brino, Ad Amore, Nick, Wombat, and B and J. And exciting things to look forward to is we're going to have some of our patrons on the show at some point, aren't we? We hope so. We're currently, you know, having a look. Mm. Yeah. So you might hear from some of these names that you've heard so many times. That's all for today. Sorry, I got a bit angry and emotional and there were highs and lows today, weren't there? (laughs) Yeah. That's how it is. That's life. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. 